Well, as I shared a second ago, today we're beginning a new sermon series entitled, We Are the Church. This week, we're going to look at the importance of us recognizing that all of us are part of the body of Christ. The next week, we're going to talk specifically about the work and mission of the church and how to know what our spiritual gifts are. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 12 through 27 together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to look at verses 12 through 27 together. But before we read from the Word, let's pray. Father God, we come before you now, Lord Jesus, just again... Lord, just asking that you will just speak to each and every one of us, Father, as we look at the importance of us recognizing that we make up the body of Christ, both as a local um, body as well as the greater body. We pray that you will just speak to us, Father, as we read from your word, Lord, and as we um, break your word um, down today, Lord, I just pray, Father, that you will just show up in a mighty way, and may every one of us in this room be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit today. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So notice what Paul wrote, he wrote, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greek, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. That the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I did not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has has so composed the body, given greater honor, honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Now when we think about the church at Corinth, there were, there were many problems within this church, but one area was in the area of division. There was this aura within this church of I am better than you or this aura that I don't need you to, to, to function within the body of Christ. Paul writes to the Corinthians about the importance of unity within the body. And he teaches the church and us that each of us have a role and a function within the body of Christ. Our message point this morning is this. We are one body designed to work together. Collectively, we have been designed by God to work together as the church of Jesus Christ. That, that, that means us as a local body as well as the greater body. A visitor was being shown around a leper colony one day in India, and at noon, a gong sounded for the midday meal. 
And people came from, came from all parts of the compound. And as they entered into the dining hall, there was much laughter and much celebration that was going on. Two young men, one riding on the back of another, were pretending to be a horse and a rider. And they were having loads of fun. As this visitor watched these two, he realized that the man who carried his friend was blind. And the man who was on his back was lame. The one who could not see used his feet. The one who could not walk used his eyes. Together they helped each other and they found great joy in doing it. That is a great picture of how the church should operate and function. Imagine a church like that, each member using his or her strength to make up for another person's weakness. Folks, we are the body of believers designed by God to work together and not independently of one another. Notice our first point this morning, our placement in the body of Christ. In verse 12 and 13, again, we read, For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Here we see a picture of the power of transformation that begins at the moment of our salvation. When you and I repented of our sins, when we surrendered our lives over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, at that moment we were saved, and at that moment we were gifted with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Individually, we became children of God, and collectively, we became part of God's family. In one spirit, you and I were, were, were baptized into one body. Christ is the head of the body, and you and I make up the members of the body. And as the head, what does Christ do? He directs the different body parts, doesn't he? Just like the brain sends out commands by using the central nervous system to tell the hands what to do, to tell the eyes what to see, then tell the feet where to go, Christ directs his body and leads and guides us to where, where he would have us to go. Think about the connectivity that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself in John 15 wrote or spoke, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From a, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If you and I try to live individually of Christ Jesus, we can accomplish nothing. But if we are connected to Jesus and recognize that we are connected to one another, we can accomplish much. Folks, the church is not a building. The church is not a structure made of wood and steel. It is an organism. It is alive and it is breathing. It is made of e up of each of us in this room that are believers and each believer outside of this place as well. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, we are all members of a body, not only when we choose to be, but in our whole existence. Every member serves the whole body, either to its health or to its destruction. This is not mere theory. It is spiritual reality. Think about that just for one second. Every member of the body of Christ either works toward the health of the church or its destruction. 
In what ways are you using the giftedness of the Lord within the local church as well as within the greater church? Folks, Christ has much in store for us as believers. Much in store for us as a local body of believers and much in store for us as a greater body of believers. Now, most of us in this room um, didn't expect 2020 to, to, to start and end like it did. You know, I know pastor after pastor, they had their vision 2020. Man, it, was, it just fit perfectly for what we had in store for 2020. Well, what we had in store isn't what the Lord had in store, right? Now, I think all of us in this room are glad that 2020 is in our rear view. Someone posted this picture um, on, on Thursday night that I, that I screen grabbed, and it, it says at 12.01 a.m. on January 1st, for the first time, time ever, hindsight will actually be 2020. Think about that for a second. Many of you stayed up till 12.01 a.m. just to make sure that 2020 was for sure in your rearview mirror. In many ways, 2020 is a year to forget. But because it is part of our history, there are many things that we can learn from it. But here's the deal. We can't live in the past. We have to move forward. Let's make 2021 the year of unity, the year of growth, and the year of transformation. Let's make 2021 the year in which we see the lives of those that we do life with transformed for all of eternity. Last week, I reminded us that we did not meet our 2020 goal of 20 salvations and 20 baptism and 40 new additions. But I also said going into 2021, we can ramp that up a little bit. Let's, as a church, seek to see 21 saved, 21 baptized, and 42 added to this body. If that's, that's my goal, but I'm sure that the Lord has a greater goal for us. But let's let the Lord use us to transform the lives of those that we do life with. Let's make 21 the one. Let's make 2021 the year that the Lord is going to use us within this community. Notice our second point our baptism into the body of Christ. Verse 13, we read, For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Again, at the moment of our salvation, you and I were gifted with the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God did not come upon us when we were baptized. The Spirit of God did not come upon us when the elders laid their hands on us. The Spirit of God came upon us at the moment of our salvation, and it was at that moment that we became a part of Christ's church. Christ's church is the greater church, the worldwide church, and his church also is the local church. This church, his church, Christ's church, is not a segregated church, is it? It is made up of Jew and Greek, slave and free, black and white, brown and red. And Paul is making that crystal clear that within Christ's church, every born again person makes it up. That's what I love about Christ's church. You and I are connected with the worldwide church. We're connected with the church in Nigeria this morning, the church in Iraq this morning, church in Iran, the church in China. We're connected to the entire church. Yes, we make up one small part of the greater church, but we are connected to the worldwide church. One commentator wrote, Paul uses this brilliant illustration of the human body to relate 
the working of the community of Christians. Every cell in a human body is linked by a common DNA code, yet the parts of our body look different, are treated differently, work differently, and accomplish different purposes. Even so, there is a great diversity in the body of Jesus Christ, both in appearance and function, yet each member has a common root and a common goal. Every member that makes up the local church and the greater church has a role and a function and a person with purpose within the church. Do you know that this morning? Do you realize that this morning, folks? All of us have a role. All of us have a function. All of us have a job to do within Christ's church. You know that, right? Notice next our position in the body of Christ. Every believer is part of the body of Christ. Now, what you and I must realize is how we fit together within the body of Christ. In verse 14, we, we see how we're a part of the body. It says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. One person does not make up the church of Jesus Christ. One person within the local church or the greater church does not make up the body of Christ. Each one of us must work together to make up the church. As the church, if you and I try to accomplish our God-given function individually, apart from one another, we will not fully accomplish what God has in store for us. Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are not created to sit idle. We were not created to just show up on Sunday morning or to show up occasionally or to, to watch a service online only. We were created unto good works. At the moment of our salvation, at the moment that we were set free from the bondage of sin, we were commissioned and given a job to do within Christ Church. Next week, we're going to spend more time talking about what our mission is and what the work is that we have um, that God has in store for us. And we're also going to talk about how all of us are gifted, and we're going to look at how we can tap in and realize what our gifts are as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul goes on to illustrate this. By, he, he, he talks about how every believer has a function within the body of Christ, and he kind of uses this comical illustration, doesn't he, when he talks about the different members of the body of Christ. A foot, he's, uh, and within these verses, Paul uses these comic, a comical visual. A foot does not function as a hand, does it? I mean, think about that. I mean, I, how many of you, when you go about interacting with people, stick out your foot to shake the hand with another person? None of us do that, right? Now, during the year of COVID, that may actually be a good thing, right? That may keep the virus at bay if we would, if we would do that. But, but, but a foot has a function, and that function is not to shake the hand of another person. The eye has a function. The, the eye does not, um, does, not, does not hear things. The ear does not smell things, does it? Each member has an important function within the body of Christ. The foot has a function designed to help us with our balance as well as to help us advance in life. The eye helps us to see where we're going. The ear helps us to hear the words and concerns of those around us. The mouth helps us proclaim the gospel and offer up words of hope and love and affirmation towards other people. What Paul is getting at here is that you and I must be careful 
also not to become jealous of one another's gifts. Have you ever been jealous of another person? Probably all of us in this room have been jealous of another person. Have you ever found yourself jealous um, within the church of another person's giftedness, thinking to yourself, man, I sure wish I could sing like that. Man, I sure wish I could teach like that. Man, I sure wish that I had the boldness to go up to a complete stranger and share the plan of salvation with them. How many of you have ever been jealous of another person like that? Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever looked down on another person um, for, for, for their giftedness? You know, um, I'll, I'll never forget. Now, I never um, um, spoke these words to this individual, but when I was at my last church, um, we, we, in the early days, we always did a church visitation. Okay, it was once a month. We'd come up to the church. We would have a meal together, and then we would disperse, and we'd go, and we'd knock on doors and, and thank people for visiting and invite them to come back to church. How many of you remember church visitations? Okay, it used to be a thing that, that we did, um, but now it seems like when we knock on somebody's door, they don't want to come to the door. They don't want to, um, us to, 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 um, to interact with them. But, but one, on one of these occasions, I remember speaking with um, a gentleman that was in the kitchen preparing the meal for that particular visitation. And, and um, he, he turned to me and he said, he said, you know, this is my gift right here preparing the meal for you to go. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not good at going and knocking on doors. I'm not good at, at inviting people to church like that, but this is what I'm gifted at. And I remember whenever he, when he spoke those words, I remember thinking um, to myself, um, what you're doing is you are just hiding is what you're doing. You're not fulfilling the Great Commission, being inside this kitchen just preparing this meal. And, and as I thought about that over, over the years, I realized that that man had, had a job to do on that day. He felt the Lord leading him to prepare the meal for us to go out on that day to do our, our outreach projects. And, and looking back on that, I realized that this man was a man of God. He, he was faithful to the Great Commission. On that particular day, he wasn't knocking on doors because he was preparing a meal for those that were going to knock on doors. But every other day of the week, he was committed to the church and committed to the growth of the church. An amazing man of God. And in that moment, um, the Lord kind of spoke to me and put me in my place. Sometimes we need to be put in our place, don't we? When we look at another person and we think we're better than them, or even sometimes we need to be put in our place when we look to another person wishing that we had the giftedness that they did. Now, I wish I could sing. I can't sing. There have been many, many days that I've, 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 I've sat in churches or I've listened to the radio and I've been jealous of the giftedness of a singer. I'm not ever going to be able to sing on this side of, e of eternity, but I know one day whenever I'm in heaven, I'm going to be able to sing. I long for that day, and I'm sure that there's gifts that you long for having one day, but today we have the gifts that the Lord has given us, and we need to learn to tap into those and utilize those to his glory. Our final point this morning is this, our purpose in the body of Christ. The church at Corinth was a divided body. They did not function as one unit. 
but functioned as a splintered unit where many of its members were about self-promotion and not God-promotion. They, they may have done the work of Christ, but every victory was not a victory for the church, but it was an individual victory. More of look what I have done, not what Christ has done through me. What we need to do is we need to live humble, don't we? And recognize it's not about what we do, it's about what Christ does in and through us. Paul calls this church the greater church and called the church of Corinth to promote unity. In verse 25, the first part of that verse says that there may be no division in the body. Wouldn't it be nice if we could all just get along? I mean, think about that. How many times have you said that to your kids? Wouldn't it be nice if y'all would just get along? Um, I know Connor and Caitlin, they, they love each other, but there's times when they go, with, go to war with one another. And I'm sure that, that you have been a part of a church that you have experienced um, and seen and witnessed division within it. Think about some of the division that occurs within churches. There's theological divisions. There's doctrinal divisions. There's philosophical divisions. There are personality divisions, financial divisions, moral divisions, power struggle divisions. I mean, there is a ton of division within the church. There is a ton of churches that have split because of said division. There are millions of reasons that churches have experienced division over the years. The reason we have Methodists and Pentecostals, Presbyterians, Catholics, Episcopalians, Church of Christ, Baptists, and etc. is because at one time or another there was division within that church and individuals from one church left that church and started their own church. Ultimately, Division occurs because we can't all just get along. You know who is honored when division is present? No one, right? If anyone, the devil is honored because he has us where he wants us. Paul called the church of Corinth to unity. And he calls us as a church to be unified as well. He calls each of us to fulfill our God-given role in ministry and function within the church. He also calls us to promote care. In verse 25, the latter part in 26, we read, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Paul reminds the Corinthians and us that we are a unit. We are a body of believers designed to work in unison together. Each member has a role and a responsibility to play within the church. When one of us hurts, we all should respond to that hurt, right? When one of us is in need, we should all respond to that need. When one of us is alone, we should all rally around that individual that is alone. When one of us experiences a personal victory, it should be a victory that all of us share, right? We are a family. We are a unit. All of us are on the same plane. Nobody has a greater gift than the other. No one is more important um, within the body than another. You may think, well, man, when I think about the gift that I, that I got, um, I'm just the pinky toe of the church, okay? Um, and you may think that as the pinky toe, the pinky toe is not very significant. But here's what I want to challenge you to do tonight, okay? I want you to wake up about two or three o'clock in the morning, and I want you to purposely wrap that pinky toe around the bed frame of your, of your, of your bed, 
okay? And then I want you to tell me um, that that pinky toe is no longer important, okay? Because when you do that, what is going to happen? Your entire body is going to experience that pain, right? Some of you in this room may say a choice word, okay? Um, all of us are probably going to hop around a little bit. We're going to try to catch that foot, and we're going to try to comfort the pain of that little toll. And your eyes are going to look around to make sure that you don't hurt anything else in the meantime, right? That pinky toe, you may think that it's not important, but it was given to us by God, and, 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 and it has an important role. All of us in this room have an important role to play. All of us in this room are gifted, and every gift is just as important as another gift, okay? In Romans 12, 15, Paul wrote, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. We are all in this together. No one in this room should be living alone. No one should in this room should be trying to act independent um, um, from one another. Finally, this morning, um, we are called to, to promote synergy. In verse 27, we read, Now you are the body of Christ individual members of it. Paul puts the period on this section of Scripture. He again speaks in the importance of us recognizing that we are the body and each member of it is important. We have in this room mouths, eyes, hands, feet, ears. We have in this room evangelists, teachers, administrators, servers, and counselors. Those with the gift of mercy, hospitality, giving, discernment, faith, and wisdom. We have all of those gifts represented in this room. All of those gifts are represented um, amongst those that are joining us online. All of those gifts are represented within the greater church as well. What is your gift? What is the function that the Lord has given you to fulfill within Friendship Baptist Church as well as within the greater church. We are a body of believers designed to work in unison together. The thing I love about, about this church, you know, I know that in the early days while, um, and, and while I was here, there was some division within the church, okay? But the thing that I love about this church over the last um, seven or, or eight years is that we are a unified body of believers committed to the same goal, and that is reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our goal. That is our mission. All of us recognize that. There's one thing that we're not doing, though, collectively. We're not making it a priority of ours to go out and reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's one thing to want to do that. It's another thing to actually do it. And that's what I pray that we will see happen in 2021, that we won't just talk the good talk, but we will actually do the good works that are necessary to reach people with the gospel. Some of you are familiar with this song, We Are the Body. It, it goes like this. It's crowded in worship today as she slips in trying to fade into the faces. The girl's teasing laughter is carrying farther than they know. But if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them 
there is a way. A traveler is far away from home. He sheds his coat and quietly sinks into the back row. The weight of their judgmental glances tells him that his chances are better out on the road. But if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? If we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? Jesus paid much too high a price for us to pick and choose who should come. We are the body. Why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? We are the body. Why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a better way? We are the body designed by Christ to go and to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want to challenge you to do over the next week. Okay, I want you to ask yourself, what part of the body am I within Christ's church? Do some research this week. Do some studying this week on what um, some of the spiritual gifts are. And see if you can try to identify what gifts the Lord has given you. Next week, um, I'm going to have um, a survey available for all of us. If you've been through our new members class and you've done a spiritual gift inventory before, but, but next Sunday, I'm going to have some surveys available for those of you who don't know what your gifts are. And I'm going to pass those out and you can take those home with you. And then um, we're going to encourage um, you to, to help us help you identify what gifts you have so that you can utilize those gifts within Christ church. We are the body, folks. Let's stand together. I'm going to lead us in a time of invitation. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you this morning to make the greatest decision that you could ever make. If you're here this morning, the Lord is leading you to make Friendship Baptist Church your church home, then I want to invite you to do that as well. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you now. Again, thanking you, Lord Jesus, just for the opportunity to open up your word and to study your word, Father. Lord, I pray that each one of us in this room recognize that we are the body of Christ. I pray that each person that is joining us online this morning recognizes that they are part of the body of Christ. Lord, and as the body of Christ, you have not designed us to sit idle, but you have designed us and you have created us, Lord, for specific purposes given us specific jobs to do. Father, I pray that you'll help us understand what that job is, help us to develop the gifts that you have given us so that we can be effective ambassadors of yours within the church as well as outside the church. I pray this morning if there's someone here that does not have a relationship with you, that today will be the day of their salvation. Today will be the day that they repent of their sins and cry out to you, be Lord and Savior of their lives. And your word makes it abundantly clear that whoever calls on your name shall be saved. May today be the day that someone in this room or someone online cries out to you to be Lord and Savior of their lives. Lord, we love you and we thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.